Alrighty then, so it's the Noel's Bard Witchcraft Podcast. Chris's are giving me the usual weirdo creeps out look. Because you're a creep. I guess it's time I guess it's time to begin and talk about what are we talking about this week, Chris? I can't remember. Oh, seventh dimension or living. That's right. So in classic Liam style, let's set Chris up. <laughs> What is seven dimension living? Do you know what? I'm going to start with the first bleep. F*** you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. So we've named the podcast Seventh Dimension Living. It's been in the podcast document for ages. All I'm simply doing is saying, can you give us some information on what might be in this podcast, what it might be about, and you've just basically sworn at me. Do you think that's a nice way to behave? I mean, what have I done? You've just been you, haven't you? So, that's the problem. Right. You is you. Anyway. Isn't that like racist or somewhat? Racist against (laughs) a bit against Against... Liam's. You're a prejudice. You're prejudice. boy karaoke goers. You don't like me for me, and that's bad. And you ought to be, you ought to be arrested or something. Okay. Right? Because my feelings, my feelings are hurt now. And much like I knew, I know from the last lawsuit I was in, (laughs) it's not about what you (laughs) meant to say. It's about how those words were interpreted, (laughs) which I still can't get right. I still really don't understand Mm. that. If I say something and there's no malicious intent behind it whatsoever, and yet they're offended just because they're offended at fucking everything. Okay. Then I don't know. Anyway, Seventh Dimension okay. Living, that's the name of this podcast. How did we arrive at that okay. kind of uh, a name? What, 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 spill the beans on what this is all about. So, is this, is this one the Hitchgar, Hitch, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Infinite? Is that what this one's called? Yeah, okay. that's it. Yeah, that's so, it. Hashtag Seventh Dimension Living. I think that might be the. The tag that okay. goes with it. So, yeah, so the idea was looking at what um, human life or magic would be from the perspective of higher spirits. And by higher spirits, I don't mean those stupid angels. Oh, I thought you meant as spirits that were on the weeds. Oh, no, 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 not those kind of weeds. No. No? Right, okay. Do you think spirits can get high? Those, if you absorb enough universes, I guess. Not speaking from personal experience, I might add. Hashtag not sharing. Yeah. Okay, so basically, we are aware, or we should be aware, if we're listening to this podcast, we're probably humans, and we're aware of what it's like being in a physical reality, what it feels like being in a meat suit human body and what a three-dimensional living's about right but what about our spirits because the spirits they don't necessarily live in the physical plane in the physical universe do they so they view things very differently i mean do spirits even have eyes chris because they don't really have bodies do they they're just kind of there there's some sort of etheric kind of energy yeah it depends what you call eyes. If you mean physical eyes, then no. The answer is quite simple. But if you're actually meaning, do they see, that's different. Well, <laughs> do they see at all, or do they only have the third eye? Because we see with the third eye if we're psychic, and we also see with the mundane eye. So are they just have that third eye, but just quite attuned? Or do you think they have the physical eyes as well? Yeah. Like a Dalek or something. It, dep- it depends on what level of spirit we're talking. They don't, if they don't have a physical body, um, but they are, were in some way, shape, or form still from here, they will have remnants of the physicality that's here. So if you're talking about ghosties, so lower level energies, um, and some of the other earthbound energies like elementals, for example, then yes, they may have eyes depending on how they are configured but beyond that so so 
So lo we're talking kind of local spirits yeah. at that point. So if we take an example of a local spirit, right, because this is something that I've been thinking about, I've been a pondering. Well, that's dangerous. There's a lot of corona. There's a lot of coronavirus going around at the moment in there, and luckily we've got you know vaccines and stuff for that now. So a lot of coronaviruses are going to be a dying. Little viruses are dying. Will they have ghosts, Chris? No. Or not? They won't have ghosts. So like viruses and single-celled organisms and stuff like that, they obviously have a spirit part because they cannot manifest it without having a spirit part. But do they have a sentence? Do they have a third eye? What's going on there? I would classify those as more of a Borg mind. Oh, like a hive yeah, mind. The hive mind situation where a group of of cellulars, singular cellulars, together make up one spirit. It may be split across a virus as it spreads. So the spirit would get bigger and bigger as the it took more hosts. Would that make sense? So the so the more it um takes over this physical world, then you say the more it yeah. evolves. Would you say you think they evolve spiritually? So the more people it inhabits and it kills, and that the more it spreads, the more it evolves. Do you think how long? How many people do you think it would have to infect in order to evolve into something that what we would consider to be have like a consciousness? Oh, I don't. Is there a set no. number, and do you think it I would think vary, it vary from virus vary to from virus, virus, or virus. Thing? You've got to think with something like a. Uh, you know, with a lot of viruses as opposed to um, bacterial kind of virals. So you're going to be thinking there's mm -hmm. actually DNA and shit in there as opposed to, or at least RNA, if nothing else. So, you know, there is coding structure there. So it has the potential to hold a, phys a larger body, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, right. So I think we might have lost a couple More of people, likely. maybe at this point. So let's rewind and reverse and set things up again. So, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Infinite. There's a couple of things that we can expand on that. One, the infinite is, I suppose, what you'd call the all. So past the physical world, we're talking all of the different spiritual realms and, you know, universes and dimensions know. and all that kind stuff, of stuff the dimensions and stuff that we just do not fully understand hitchhikers well what do hitchhikers do they don't drive for themselves do they they ask somebody if they can yeah. catch a lift university gap year students that go off abroad and want to take the ayahuasca that's what we is talking about hitchhikers that's what i call them hitchhikers because what they're doing is they're trying to take these drugs and that to get to a higher spiritual plane, a higher spiritual level. But they're hitchhiking with the ayahuasca yeah. spirit. They're not actually getting there themselves. Yeah. Now, we can come under fire sometimes from traditional witches and the like who say that we think that... Um, hedge witches, sorry. We think that hedge witches are all about the getting high and the like. Well, some of them are. And that they cannot do it without taking the drugs. But that's not true. We don't actually think that. What we do think is that with the hedge witchery, it's not about a gardening and Kitchens. it's not about a stuff in the kitchen, like what the Instagrams and the memes and all that do Hashtag say. And the... Um, crappy youtube witches and the like they come out with these crappy books they end up in the works for a quid and even then no one buys them um it's a more about exploration i suppose and exploring these strange uh universes and different dimensions and the like whether you choose to use flying ointments and potions and that kind of thing or whether you choose to use just the pure psychic work from your mind and that and go into the astral traveling and go in your little vehicle, like in the chariot card in the Rider Waite deck. Yeah. Hashtag occult symbology. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you was a, if you was learning and you're wanting to explore, and you're a beginner witch, or beginning in the occult, where are the places that people 
tend to kind of go to first, either accidentally or kind of aim to go for. Because I think the underworld's a popular one. Yeah. Uh, people want to see what happens when you die and that. So you've got the underworld, the astral world, Astral's of course. Astral's another big one. Got the astral world. Uh, less yeah. and less people go to the spaces within uh, planetary energies and things like that, but some of them do. And that. Ah, so you're talking tree of life now, aren't yes. you? Opening up and going to the, I can never say it, Sephira, the uh, spheres of the tree of life and such, and the little pathways yeah. in between, because technically you could open them up. What about uh, dipping into some rooms like Mary Poppins, and she goes in those little chalk paintings on the side of the road, popping into a room like that. Do people do that nowadays? No, I, don't I don't think, think they, they do. do. I bet Will does, don't they? Oh, well, I bet Will does. does. Yeah. Uh, so let's start with the astral world then, because that's uh, basically the first route in it. People go from the start getting all this lucid dreaming and that, and they start to think, oh, wait a minute, I know I'm a dreaming. Let's uh, peel back this here curtain, much like Dorothy does in The Wizard of Oz. Or actually, it's not Dorothy, it's that annoying little fucking dog Toto, isn't it? <laughs> Bloody little dog. Yeah, Dorothy did, gets the credit for that one, but she didn't find that curtain. The dog found that curtain. The god dogs are a spirit guide, isn't it? The spirit guide that comes in the middle of the night when you're a dreaming. You're having a nice dream, and the spirit guide pops up and says, you know you're dreaming, right? Well, come and have a look at this. And then they peel back this curtain, and then you walk through, and you're in the astral yeah. world. And you're like, my God, man, my whole life is a changed now. <laughs> Everything about how I see the universe and the like is a change. Well, there you find... Much like all of the celebrities and that, like Joe Rogan, who takes all the drugs and that, they go to some far-off strange place where they fill up part of the rest of the all in the universe and that, and they think, I am such a small animal. <laughs> and then they go back and they tell all their friends about it, and then they just do more and more drugs, but don't actually do any real magic. Yeah. I think I went off you on did a tangent a little bit. there, so you better take but it the, um But yeah, I think, I think what a lot of people struggle with is the difference between um, dreamscaping and actual astral travel. So I think some people kind of get into that part, just the other side of the veil, if they're lucky. Often, like you say, with help from, you know, guides or spirits that get involved in order to kind of entice them over there. But they kind of, you know, uh, ride the edge, don't they? They just kind of uh, go along the, the veil. Um, and very rarely are they actually stumbling straight into astral. They're kind of going to that limbo realm just between. Um, what's interesting is that when people get to the point where they're able to go and explore the astral, uh, and obviously, particularly when they don't have to use vehicles to get there, um, so the, the drugs that you're referring to as vehicles to get there, um, or, you know, plant allies or, or whatever else they might be using to persuade their way across. Um but I think that then starts to open all sorts of other opportunities for them that they wouldn't necessarily have seen otherwise. So, you know, I think it's an important part of of, of spellcrafting um, when you get to that point is it then allows you to make adjustments without needing the tools and things because you're able to pop onto the astral, make the change and then watch it filter down. So I suppose the next thing you should kind of explain or go off on a tangent on, Liam, is is that filtering down, that kind of, um, you know, myth bust a bit about this bloody vibrations bollocks that you often hear. Well, people in the New Age movement that, that haven't got a fucking clue about much about magic in that, what they think of is they think about radio frequencies. Yeah. They think, well... Like an old-fashioned analogue, a radio or a television or something, then you adjust the dial and you go into different frequencies. And all these things are really all around you, but you have to lock onto a frequency and stuff like that. Well, you can tell 
like this a new ager that says that kind of things because they have the kind of a new agey um mind the new agey mind is the more of the mind of the artist that gets a dragged about everywhere and never really contemplates structure completely the opposite to the mind of the engineer because the mind of the engineer thinks how is this thing here physical reality how is this thing there must be some sort of big giant mechanism yeah the universe is a machine so how the fuck does this universal machine thing work there's different layers i can get me old pc tower And I can take the case off and I can see a microchips and that. And I can see all these microchips that interact. Oh, look, there's the floppy disk. Hashtag floppy disk from back in the day. Chuck that. I don't need that anymore, you know. All this sort of stuff. It's all plugged in. And then you go down deeper and you think, okay, there's a circuit board. What are on all of these circuit boards? What's that little thing that looks like a wood light? <gasps> it's a circuit board inside a circuit board. They're so small, I need a telescope microscope to <laughs> see it. Oh, what's this underneath yeah. that, right? We're used to that. That's the basics, because that's physical world. But what goes past the physical parts of a computer? That's the, uh, what people call it, the energies and that sort of thing, is really the the software, the programming, that kind of thing. That's the stuff that goes beyond that. So if we think that Hitchhiker's Guide to the Infinite in this podcast episode is one of those things where we're going to take you. We're going to take you on a little journey. We're going to travel together. It's going to be like a ship coach trip with school (laughs) back in the day where you go to like Bygone's Museum or some crap like that. Nowhere you really want to go, but somewhere which is approved to take school. So it's got to be some bullshit museum, hasn't it? We're going to go on a little trip, everyone, podcast listeners and fans. Should we take him on a trip, Chris? I've got nothing better to do. Into the astral world. Into the astral world. We've got 45 minutes or so we can get. <laughs> we'll see how far we can get before it kicks into the extended edition and the Patreon and that. So, in our what we're talking to you now is your conscious mind. Your kind of personality, okay? That is in your physical body and in your brain and stuff like that. Now, uh, it's a very uncomfortable for some, the experiment with this, because if we uh, get some, like, uh, I don't know, tweezers and stuff and poke about with your brain, we can, in fact, change your personality. It's very uncomfortable for a lot of people because they don't like the idea of the fact that they are essentially a machine in that we can turn them into Mr. Hyde by (laughs) changing a few things in the body. They think, oh, but I've had an out-of-body experience. I went off and I am still the same a personality. So how can it be the fact that it's the body that is changing all these things when I am out of my body? Well, that's a great mystery and one that we're not going to talk to you until it's the Patreon time <laughs> because we've well, got to pay us. You've got to pay us for this information. But just go with it, right? So, what we're talking about now is if you think about this physical world and how your personality, your consciousness is is exploring this physical world. If you peel back the layer of the physical world really you're peeling back a layer of the brain and the mind so it goes more into the unconscious the unconscious so this is where you do this is where you do that brilliant iphone one i like that analogy yeah okay so if you if if your physical body your physical body right is your iphone the ios the operating system yeah is your conscious mind and technically part of your unconscious mind just goes in layers. Maybe your conscious mind is the, you know, the top layer of coding. Yes. And your unconscious mind is the, uh, you know, the ones and zeros, the binary, that kind of thing. I know we'll have lost some people at this point because some people don't like tech and that, <laughs> do they? But outside of your iPhone, because what people don't understand is that all of your, uh, all of your emails, they're in the cloud aren't they, Chris? In the They're in the cloud. And people, my nan, Auntie Beryl and my nan, they look at their phones and they say, well, my email's on my phone. 
and I say, well, your email's on your phone because it's downloaded on your phone, but it's also in the cloud. And I can pick up my iPhone, my conscious body, and I can tap in if I know the code or just brute force attack my way in, which is more my <laughs> cup of tea. Um, I can read your emails. Yeah. But but how do you do that? How do you do that? I said, I go through the cloud. I'm in the cloud as well. Yeah. So what is this cloud? What is this cloud? Well... That's something that we're going to delve into. So let's get start going and peeling back the layers and get into this cloud. So if uh, if you are currently in your, your physical body, your conscious mind, when we go into a dream state, we are starting to bridge to the unconscious, which is still part of your mind, but it's just that little step further. Get into the next stage. What you need to do is you need to combine your conscious mind and your unconscious mind so that they're on the same page and apply a certain amount of energy to manifest somewhere else beyond that. So it's kind of like on a hitchhiker. When we used to go on those really crappy uh, school trips and that, what we'd have to do is go in our coach, which is our physical body and our conscious mind. We'd have to pick up the stragglers from the upper fucking school down the road that were too cheap dire their own fucking coach group of five or six people and teachers and that we had the school with the money there was a poor school down the road we used to let them come on our coach trips right so we we're picking up the straggler which is the unconscious mind so we we're coming along and bringing that don't shake your head chris this is genuine golden nugget <laughs> shit right you can tell it's golden nugget shit because it, it kind of makes sense, but don't really make sense. And people won't be able to retell this afterwards. They won't be able to tell someone else. Say, so what's that podcast about? That's uh, I don't fucking know, but it was good. <laughs> so anyway, so we want to get to the astral world because that's the next step on our journey. Now, you are in the astral world because it's another layer you see, everyone else is also in the astral world. Bitches, you don't own the astral world. You might own a part of it, but you don't own all of it, okay? Now, in order to get to that astral world, in order to astrally project, because that's what a lot of people want to know, how do you astrally project? Your astral body is already there in that world because you're already part of it. It is already a part of you. It's already there. What isn't there is your conscious mind. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to transfer your consciousness, your conscious mind, your personality stuff, in, in, out of your physical body and into your astral body. That transfer is what people are struggle with, don't they? Yeah, so like I said, when they're dreamscaping, they often has the appearance of that's what's happening. So people are kind of like, well, I'm switching from here to there. Well, that's what you're doing with collective subconscious. So what you're capable of doing during dreamscaping is manipulate in some ways what is available to you and your subconscious, but also uh, the collective subconscious, what's available to a certain extent in the cloud, locally speaking, with other people that you've connected with, are available for that dreamscape to do. What they then struggle with is then fully manifesting on the astral. So in order to do that, to fully cross over into uh, your astral body. So that's actually taking your your energetic body, one of your energetic parts of your energetic bodies, out of your exi out of your physicality and into into the, ast the your astral body. There's a many secrets that people think is a secret and they're not. They're actually just bullshit gurus that are giving you a load of false information and bullshit and selling courses and stuff like that. If you want to give your money to a guru, join the Thoth Witchcraft Patreon and give your money to us because we'll do better things with it. Okay? Now, you'll read about trying, you know, techniques and stuff in order to get yourself to astrally project. So there's that kind of thing where imagine, you know, lie down on a nighttime, imagine there's a rope coming out of your body and pull on it and pull on it. And then all of a sudden you're afloating above the bed type thing. Or there's, or there's a, that one. Okay, get a couple of crystals one about walking. and pop them about Is the room. The one going up a stairway. Yeah, walking, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of you out there have tried that and probably come to the conclusion that it doesn't work and therefore either you're not a witch, not magic, don't have the ability to do it or it's all a load of bullshit. Well, neither of those are true. 
it is, well, maybe the bullshit part is. I mean, it does work for some people, but a majority of time when we think astral projection, there aren't any necessarily cookie-cutter things that everyone can follow that will do the exact same thing. So much like when we teach spellcasting, we don't teach everyone the same spells and the same ingredients. What we teach is the formulas and the principles behind it. And that's what we're going to share now. So, it's going to take energy to get you there. Stop thinking about you and your astral body and your personality coming out of your physical body. Think of it as a transfer from your personal, you know, your physical body, your consciousness being in your physical body to another body that is also part of your body. Part of your body. Okay, part of your body. When people awake out of comas, Chris, they can't feel their arms and legs, can they? No. They go through that kind of thing called uh, physiotherapy yeah, and that. Yeah, remind the man to use the connect with their body, physical body. Yeah. They can't move their arms and legs necessarily. Like oh, Renny Shee and uh, Kill Bill and all of that sort of thing. When she was uh, fantasising about a killing oh, Renny Shee, she said, wiggle your big toe. <laughs> wiggle your big toe. Kill Bill's one of my favourite films. That's why I'm referencing that. So um, basically, you've got to think of it like that. There is a part of you, which is your astral body, that is connected to you, but you can't really feel it. Okay. Now, what you can do is what a doctors do and such. They get a pin and they sort of poke in you in different places and saying, can you feel that? Can you feel that? Can you feel that? But what it takes is it takes a little bit of energy and it takes the repetitive motions and repetitive process. So like with physiotherapy, Chris, you kind of get the physiotherapist and they kind of start moving your arms and moving your legs. And eventually you do start to feel, don't you? Yeah, exactly. And then you can start to start to move. Now, the problem is, is that when people try to teach and explain, well, how does astral projection work? It's a lot like teaching someone, well, how do you move? How do I pick up this glass? Yeah. How do I literally, if you've got something in front of you guys that are listening, pick it up and then think, how would you explain to someone how you pick that up? You just kind of did it. Your body responds to those commands now you can teach someone to do that because we teach babies to do that not baby witches i mean actual yeah. babies how to walk and stuff like that the process is very similar now there's a little thing like shock treatment you know when you're trying to wake someone up because they've uh, gone into cardiac arrest and stuff and they put little paddles on and they go boom and yeah. jolt you I like to use methods like that sometimes, because if you're sending energy to the astral body and that astral body is connected to you, it'll you'll start to feel it, depending on how much energy is applied to it, you will start to feel it. So, because what you're doing is you're sensing energy and you're sensing another body that you're transferring consciousness in, it's difficult. Some people will be able to feel parts of that anyway. So like when we're talking about magic and stuff like that, we're actually talking about a lot of the time, higher level curses and stuff like that, puppet dolls, they all connect to that astral body. So if someone or something is affect affecting that astral body, you should be able to feel it somehow. Yeah. Um, not everyone has the same sensitivity though, of course, no. do they, Chris? And that's so. kind of what we try to push people to expand as off as quickly as possible really because how are you supposed to know when someone is working against you or an entity is arriving from a certain direction and um, they're not going to necessarily do it on a phys on the physical plane they're going to do it on spiritual ones in which case because that's where they're moving and that's where they exist so therefore if you are unaware of what is going on out in your uh, spiritual bodies you're then starting to think, okay, well, how am I supposed to, one, protect myself, um, and two, know that you've, you've, that is clean too. Like, I think that's the one that bothers me most, is that's where all that negative crap sticks to it, like, you know, chewing gum on, on your shoe. How, if you don't notice that that's happening, it's already filtering down to your physical body before you're aware of what's going on in your energetic yeah. ones. And I think that's the kind of main reason we, we like people to expand into that as often as possible 
when they are learning from the beginning. Yeah. So we're basically out of time for the regular podcast. Now we're going to go into overtime and really delve further into this. And we might even at some point even go past the astral world for the Patreon. So goodbye, regular listeners. And for you patrons, let's pick up where we left off. So in terms of the kind of physiotherapy process, now a lot of the time we teach everyone they're wanting a travel and all that sort of thing spell work spell work spell work scratch testing sensing energies and that sort of thing because you were raising and controlling energies will help with your psychic development and when your psychic development gets to a certain stage low level psychics do the psychic yeah. readings on people normally you'll find they pick up little bits and pieces they can kind of tell roughly where the information is going and that sort of thing but they can't really tell a lot no. more than that when you get to us beyond the super basic level of psychic ability, you're actually looking at bigger structures, bigger structures of the universe, bigger structures of people. You can look at a person and delve deeper, literally into their soul. If you don't understand how the soul's structured, you're going to struggle to interpret what you're seeing. Yeah. But you can also do that with yourself. So if you understand yourself and start deeper, delving deeper and deeper into yourself, such as understanding soul structures, going and astrally traveling, taking apart astral parts of the astral world, parts of your astral body, that kind of thing. You'll be able to do that with other people, hence slightly more higher levels of magic. Well, we say higher levels. Yeah. Foundational, Foundational magic. magic is what we're actually talking about, <laughs> because this is only one of many bodies that we're referring to. Uh, so, you know, yeah. it is only the first first body that we're expecting you to understand and arrange mainly because you know this astral when you're accessing your astral body the next body over it's a case of well actually are you aware of what to do when you're with it but also what it actually is i think i think that's where lots of people fall down is they're not they're not ready for what that is capable of what you're capable of doing with that body also you know they want to do it because they want to go and see india without having to get on a plane or go and visit a new internet friend that they've got like are they actually what are they wanting to explore in these other other energy fields yeah so if i goes to the gym and does me bicep curls and i do that over and over and over again i can feel that mind muscle connection there's more sensitivity and I'm growing that connection. So, you know, the neural pathways between my brain and the and the area of the body, that all becomes heightened and strengthened in that. When you're starting to do energetic work, what is happening is your palate for sensing energy, where it comes from, what it is, what it feels like, is getting bigger, but also tracing things back. So you're also more aware of other levels of yourself. So the closest and next one would be the astral body. So it's really a case of you developing that pathway between your physical body and your conscious mind through the unconscious mind into the astral body. When you've strengthened that connection, you should be able to just transfer fairly easily from conscious mind in your physical body to conscious mind in your astral body. When you stop astrally projecting, your astral body is still in that astral world, right? Okay? It doesn't just disappear back into your physical body, it's still there. Hence the black magic and stuff, because if it's still there, we can attack it and you're not consciously aware yeah. of it. No. Whenever I see people, and you'll probably see that as well, Chris, with uh, debilitating conditions and stuff like that, when I look at someone with that, when we do the diagnosing and stuff, it'll either manifest more in the astral body or more in the physical body. The place it manifests more at is where it started, yeah. it's grown. So if you've got someone with a tumor and such, and it's manifested in the physical body because they've got an actual brain tumor or something, and then you see their astral body and it's got that little thing there as well. If the thing's bigger in the physical world and appears bigger, the symptoms are stronger in the physical world, you know it started there from some sort of physical change. However, if it started in the astral body, what has happened 
because the two are kind of entangled. What happens in one must happen in the other, yeah, and regardless of how strong that link is between the two. You can see that that's manifested in the astral body and then started to manifest in the physical world. So if I went and I screwed someone's astral body up and fucked it up and that and injured it, kept injuring it, injuring it, injuring it, whether I did it or I got a spirit to do it, that's going to start manifesting in the physical world. So when it comes to diagnosis and stuff, witches, when we work energetically, we tend to treat the astral body and the pathway between the astral body and the, and the mind, basically. That's the area we yep. work. Old-fashioned times, we'd do both. Because we'd use herbal medicine, which is scientific and works in a physical way, but we'd also use a magic with yep. that. So when you're talking about creating spells and that, you might do a potion to help a disease and stuff, which will have an energetic part to it, which one heals the astral body, the energetic bodies that, the other one heals the physical body, that kind of thing. I know we're getting a little bit complicated now. Well, them. I hope not. But we have touched <laughs> on this before. So when we've talked about healing magic, we've we've often pointed out the importance of healing both parts. So regardless of yeah. whether or not the the problem is on the astral, uh, you know, on your astral body uh, or your energetic bodies or on your physical body, you should be treating both. So in order to treat both, you need to be considering that. So there needs to be an energetic com a part of a treatment and there is normally a physical one too. If you're fully aware of the fact that actually there is no ailment on the on the physical side, then you can start to do fully energetic work. So, you know, this is where the, the practices of things like Reiki are supposed to work. Um, because at the end of the day, this is what it's designed on, is they're only working from one side of that, that mark. So if you've got a physical ailment, um, yes, there are ways to treat a physical ailment, ailment with just the energetic, but that involves you having a full understanding of how the energetic works and how to pinpoint directly to the level of where an acupuncturist is putting that exactly where that needle goes is at that part of understanding exactly how that energy flows through a person's body. So, um, you know, to get to the point where you are able to heal a body without any physicality, you are talking about mastering an art form that works entirely in the in the spiritual astral realms. So, you know, that that split is there. So if you're dealing with something that is entirely physical, yes, there are ways to do it energetically, but it requires a lot more pinpoint and better understanding of both the physical me mechanics and and the energetic mechanics in order to make that work. So when you would deal with a basic treatment, you would want to be able to diagnose, which is where we come from in the looking at both sides, is actually understanding well what's going on with your physical body, where is the damage on the energetic bodies. And when you are then looking at the energetic bodies, are they matching up? In which case they are most likely linked. Like Liam said, where does that cancer start? And I don't mean cancer is physical cancer. I'm just talking about as in what damage, where does that damage start? Is it on the energetic side that's then festered and then it started to filter down into your physical body? Or is it a case of there are both aspects to it or is it all in one side? So, you know, did it start on this side and actually it's starting to affect your abilities as an as an energetic body? That's the other way around. So when something gets so bad in the physical that it stops you being able to process energy with your within your energetic bodies, that's a di very different kind of illness from something that is going on purely in the energetic level. Again, I may have just uh, muddied the waters again, but I was attempting to explain there is a difference between the two and the interconnectivity is what makes a good witch a great one, if that makes sense, the understanding of that. Yeah, yeah. 
So let's recap super quickly and use an onion as an example. So your physical body on an onion is the onion skin. The next layer you have your conscious mind. The next layer you have your unconscious mind. And then you go into the astral body. When you transfer your consciousness into your astral body, you will be aware that you are in the astral body. Where that astral body is though, Chris, that's a difficult one because it will depend. So if you think of the astral body in the astral world as kind of like that part of the sea, which is, are we in the sea or are we not in the sea? You think of the dream state as that wet bit of sand that kind of gets washed, yeah. but then it's dry and then it's washed and then it's dry. When you're actually dabbling in water and your feet are in water, just not very, it's not very deep water, you're in the astral world now. Now, you may be in your astral body in a physical room. So if I was to astrally project and go into a physical location in the physical world, I would kind of be what the equivalent is of the kind of ghostly spirit yeah. kind of bigger yeah. thing. But there is also an astral world, yes. isn't there? So that's kind of peeling back, not because if we're peeling back you as an onion and you're in your astral body, then that's just you. Your astral body is that part of the onion. If we peeled back the physical world in general and the universe, the next layer would be we've got the physical world, so therefore we've got the astral world. But you can take your astral body and go to the physical yeah. world. You can't take your physical body and go to the astral world yet. Although Nikola Tesla did work on yeah, that. Yeah, that was I think, I think he was trying to work on. Much success. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can do that. So in terms of the espionage and such and paying people a visit before we add the Zoom and the Skype and that, you might want to go and meet on the astral world with them. Or you might want to actually project in their front room or living room or lounge and whatever and aspire on them and see them. If they don't have the psychic ability, they can't see you or talk to you. But if they do, they'd probably be able to see and talk to you and such. You'd just be in a spirit form, yeah? So, if you woke up in your astral body for the first time, here's a little warning for you that I see enough times for me to give this warning to everyone. You may look at your astral body whilst you're in it. Maybe you might look in a little astral mirror or something like that. Or you might just be aware when you look at it that it's diseased and uh, damaged. Now, the reason for that, of course, is because it's kind of a rotten. So when we went back to the whole black magic thing and that, you've got to remember that all you guys have an astral body and it's a somewhere. And if it's somewhere and your conscious mind's not in it, it can be easily preyed on. Enter the New Age movement. So if you have someone that cannot astrally project and has no idea of the astral body and isn't connected to it, and you're erasing energy, and you're trying to do that, yes, you're raising energy in the physical world and the physical body, but you're also raising energy in your astral body. If you're raising energy in your astral body, but there's no one at home, the lights are on, but no one's at home, then it might attract attention. The sort of attention it's going to attract is the things that probably want to feed on it. And if they feed on it, they're going to damage it. And if they damage it, that's going to end up a manifest in the physical world. So, now we're on the Patreon. I can discuss a case of someone that had that very same thing happen that I see a lot. Someone that I grew up as a, well, say natural witch, fairly natural witch, right? They could see the spirits, they could sense and hear the spirits. And they didn't like what they see because they were haunted by some not particularly nice spirits, some predatory spirits that would feed on them. And instead of uh, learning to fight back, this person retreated and switched off their sense. Of course, the problem was is their astral body is still there. So the spirits are still a feeding on them. And as time went on, they regressed more and more into the physical world, into the physical reality, and couldn't feel those spirit predators are preying and eating parts of their astral body and absorbing energy from it. What happened was that person ended up having a lot of health 
things, a lot of parasites, a lot of degenerative conditions in their physical world. And because it takes energy to build up, to connect with that astral world, they weren't able to do that and aren't able to do that to go and fix and fend off those predators. When it comes to teaching young witches, Chris, I think it's super important that when you get the natural witches, you teach them from a, an early age. Yeah. Because imagine you're lit up like a Christmas yeah. tree. You're still learning to be human. You're still learning to be, you know, you're growing up, you're a kid, and you're lit up like a Christmas tree. A lot of people that come to things from an older age, they're quite, not dim as in stupid, but their astral bodies aren't lit up. But if you've got a younger person that's a natural witch and they've got all this psychic ability and they're using and transferring energy and stuff like that, it's going to draw attention. That attention is very often not always nice. So, a little lesson to be learned there. Don't mean it can't be fixed, but if you let things like that go on too long, when you peel back that next onion, uh, that next layer of the onion, you might find it's all rotten. Where should we cover next then, Chris? <laughs> Well, there's, there's absolutely no way I think we're going to get all the way to the seventh. Um, but essentially, is starting to understand what is going on here. I think the last 15 minutes, I guess we probably should try and approach it from the other end. And then eventually in the future, we may have yeah. to kind of explain the middle realms a little bit more again. But actually talking, uh, we've covered a, a fair amount about energetic bodies. Now we're starting to think more about well we covered one of yeah. them <laughs> well it's it's the one that most people would have had some kind of access to um and if you're not comfortable in that one then you're not necessarily going to understand the others so i kind of feel like the next mm. levels of the energetic bodies are those ones that you should learn as you get to them i think assuming yeah. what something or hearing our version of what we see is very different to what you would start to see when you start to have perception at that level. So when you start to get to that point where you're seeing the further energetic bodies that are available for you as a great, I hate that phrase, but greater being, um, it's too new agey for me, but you know what I mean, that, that kind of as you as a whole yeah. and how that interacts with the universe and different layers of the universe complicates matters. It goes back to your discussion before and i think the last thing we could say about it is the rest of your iphone analogy of that uploading yourself mm. um to uh, you are essentially able to upload yourself to the cloud and be able to see what the difference between the cloud and the internet is i think is the bit you normally say can you uh, just do that yeah bit? so if the alls <laughs> if if the if 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 you are the cloud and your astral body is say your internet service provider on the cloud, but you also have your cloud storage device, your photos on the Google Drives and that, and your Google Docs and that. Then you've got all of these different things that are in the cloud, but they're all slightly different. But you need to remember that the internet, they're on the internet, the internet is the all here. So you hear about in occultism, you hear about the all and all that sort of thing. We're not really interested in that at the moment. And what we're trying to do is take things slowly and slowly, one phase at a time. So what do you suppose happens when you die? You no longer have a physical body. Would you say that the conscious mind transfers directly into the next layer possible, which is the astral body, yeah. technically? And does that transfer always work out perfect? <laughs> it's not a... every time. No, which is where we get a lot of the spirits that we often talk about, which we refer to as recordings, mm. is that kind of as the yeah. upload and you leave bits of data behind. Um, and obviously this is a big part of what we try to get people to establish their spiritual um, sensory palette is being able to tell the difference between something that is part of a consciousness um, and has more than one physical you know uh, energetic body and separating that from what is a shell or a leftover or you know uh, that bit of cash that you <laughs> you should have cleared uh, last time you cleaned your iphone but it's still there um, and it's just kind of got half images and empty folders that's kind of what you get with a lot of hauntings that people refer to on the tinterweb um 
which is the fact that these are these are recordings. So the grey lady, those sorts of things where you see the same movement over and over again. You just need to be there at the right time um, to see it. And it will be there every time you go because it is just a recording that's going. There's no consciousness there. Um, whereas the difference is when you've got fully formed entities that are able to interact with you. Um, but again, I'm going off yeah. on tangents. What, we, what I was hoping to try and do in the last 10 minutes was kind of get to set kind of the other end of the seventh dimensional part. So if we're not considering humans now and we go to other kinds of entities beyond the base level spirits and a bit higher up the food chain than, say, jinn or angels, and you're starting to get to a deity level, this is where we start to talk about kind of seventh dimensional is these kind of parts of or energy streams that are working purely energetically. So yeah. the consciousness is to... So this is a little bit more complicated. Because um, the, uh, the architecture, I suppose, is slightly different. So if we're giving you basic architecture, let me talk about radios, because radios are fun. You remember you have those old analog radios and you switch them off, but the little red light glows for a little bit. So you've already taken the batteries out, but the red lights are still glowing because there's some capacitance in there, some charge. Kill someone and they'll manifest in their astral body. Now, where that astral body is, assuming they haven't written a, signed a contract and someone and I picked their astral body up and stuck it in a hell dimension like you like to, correct? Because yes, I'll tell you here, you can end up, there is some chance that you could end up going to a hell we know because we've put people there. The way that works is a transport yeah. spell. Is because you take the astral body, which you know they're going to end up going into, their conscious mind's going to go into, pick it up, they haven't got nothing to do with it, they can't sense it or anything like that, so they're not going to attack you or fight you off. You pick it up like the glabby, grabby claw machine at the arcade, and you drop it into a hell dimension, and they'll manifest after they die, and they'll wake up in, a, in their astral body in a hell dimension. Now, don't worry, kids. We wouldn't do that to you. Not everyone ends up in a hell dimension. It depends where your astral body is and where you left it. And maybe something might be putting it on a transport to send it yeah. somewhere. But eventually what happens is much like that, that old analog radio, the power source. It's all about the power source. When you have all of your different energetic bodies, but you also have a physical body, that completes a circuit. If you remove one of those parts, such as the physical body, from that circuit, that circuit will continue going for a little bit, but much like that little light after you've removed the battery, it's still on, but then it just fades out. The dissolving of spirits. If you do not have a power source sufficient for your astral body, so say you want to evolve and become a spirit. If you don't have that power source there, what's going to happen is you'll start to dissolve. You'll start to lose a power. So even if we did stick you in a hell dimension, providing there's no external power source that they keep empowering those little batteries, your little astral, astral you know, self, you're going to dissolve and you won't spend an eternity in a power station. In fact, most of the time when people think about hell dimensions, what they are is actually more like power centers and is really zapping out the remainder energy that's in your astral body. So it's basically the hell is like a power station that's feeding off of yeah. you as opposed to keeping you going. Um, that's going super complicated and we will talk about hell dimensions in another one. But think about that incomplete circuit. And then what happens when you dissolve, Chris? Is that when this reincarnation thing comes in? Well, <laughs> perhaps. It, it has a big part to do with that. It's a case of and another mm. one I will mention just quickly is that kind of thing that people forget too. When they start to talk about uh, contracts and, you know, they don't tend, lots of people think about what a contract dictates that they do while they're here. What's more interesting often for us is what their contract has actually <laughs> yeah. signed up for what they do between physical lives uh, if you're going to spend multiple times here. So, you know, there are con the more interesting and the more complicated contracts are what happens with your energetic body when you are not here. So 
um, you know, from from that point of view, you're starting to think, OK, you know, have I <laughs> I can't help it. I'm going to say it, um, you know, have I swore myself to a certain deity um, and am I going to spend the next the next couple of hundred years in in Odin's lodge house, powering his lodge house? You know, is is that part of it? Uh, have I spent my devoted my entire life to Christianity to become part of the heaven that powers the angels uh, mechanism? You know, or is <laughs> are you going to be a power source for so many years on the offer and the agreement that you have made to your, as they the Christians would say, immortal soul? Um, so. You know, it's it's one of those things, parts that people don't think about oftenly. Uh, oftenly, is that even a word? Often enough. Um, it, it is, is now. now. The You know, it's, it's a process that they don't think about enough of. I'm not so interested about what necessarily you've got to complete while you're here. That is a fraction of how long your energetic bodies will potentially last. So, you know, if if we're talking, you know, when you talk about the dinosaurs and how long ago and you you talk about the, the entire existence of the Earth and how long humans have apparently been on it and they start going, you know, it's a quarter of a minute to midnight kind of situation of how long humans have existed on it. You start to think of how long your energetic bodies may have existed or worked in different parts. So how much of that time is spent elsewhere in other contracts that you've signed up and how you know is is the uh, is uh, the earth your holiday bonus where you're here for you're here for 70 years or or 90 years in order to complete something yeah so if we pick up quickly on time and then perhaps we better leave it at that. <laughs> so going back to the kind of whole example of if the physical world is a sandy beach and the astral world is the ocean and you're somewhere where the ocean is kind of the waves are going in and coming out, going in and coming out, right? So that's your dream state where you've got the wet sand there. Time stops and nothing is really answerable to or time doesn't isn't really a thing somewhere on that shoreline in terms of how deep it is it'll cut off some point in the astral world that's why you can astrally project in real time in the physical world but also you can astrally project in parts of the astral world and time isn't a thing therefore assuming that you made an astral hell say or an astral heaven you could literally take that person's astral body, stick it in that astral hell or astral heaven outside of the boundaries of time so that when they do manifest there, you would literally be there for an eternity before you reincarnated, which is crazy if you think about it. But I mean, an eternity, spending an eternity in a heaven or in hell and then reincarnating afterwards, yeah. that's a head fuck for some people. And you know that the people that it's a head fuck for are people that don't actually travel. Yeah. <laughs> if you actually travel, you know about this sort of stuff. But there we go. I think that's it. Is there anything else to add? Well, like I said, we've covered the ultra basics. <laughs> yeah. Ultra basics. The, the tricky thing for most will be, you know, if you manage to follow that, then we'll have to do a follow up one about... Um, you know deity level work but it's it's one of those things yeah. that if you need to understand these mega basics in order to even close to get understand a conversation going from the other end which is obviously you know what we would like at the end of the day hitchhiker's guide it was about you <laughs> hitching varieties of ways of you hitching rides onto other parts of your energetic bodies um and for you to just start thinking about yourself as a, a greater whole um, and what actually that is made up of, how much of that can you actually sense mm. um, and use and right. utilise? I think that's it. So head, head fucking time for the last minute. If you're a god slash deity, yeah, and you are set up slightly differently, your architecture is slightly different because you don't have a physical body. 
you know, you cut off in the astral world, essentially. That is your bottom part, your bottom layer, or your outer layer is the astral world. Think of it like this. You know those little tanks with the gloves that they use at the CDC Centre for Disease Control? You could have a little bolt on a tool that you stick your astral hand in into a physical glove and you uh, change things about a bit. When there's spirits and gods and that incarnate in the physical world, that's basically what they are. So, that's it. And uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. I hope it wasn't too much of a head fuck. And um, don't worry, I think next week's podcast is about a grip. Yeah, and, and a bit so more manageable. A bit more main, manageable and mainstream. So, goodbye. Bye-bye.